I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as falls and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott. Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Hello there, it's your favorite host in all podcasts, Obi-John Kenobi, and it has begun. That's right. Hold on to something. Uh, Test your mics, select your player, uh, all those other things uh, you do in video games. Match those Mortal Kombat codes at the bottom and hope you get something cool. Uh, Because today we are talking all about... Mortal Kombat, uh, perhaps the greatest fighting game ever created, um, and man, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, we're running a light show today. It's just myself and um, the bearded wonder, uh, the man joining us from somewhere in time and space via the DeLorean. Uh, the Doc is here with me. Those were five hundred dollars sunglasses, you asshole. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> and we will get into that plenty uh in this episode. Uh, if, if I think it's going to go the way I think it's going to go. Um uh, So Jay. Yeah. You ready to talk Mortal Kombat? Get over here. Cuz this is the part where you're supposed to fall down. Oh. Uh, yeah, so at the time of this recording, uh, Mortal Kombat is only a few weeks away uh, from release. The new Mortal Kombat movie, Mortal Kombat 2021, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't have a subtitle or a sequel number after it. It's just Mortal Kombat, parentheses, 2021. Uh, I hate those movies. But before we can really get into that, because I know, I know how we go, uh, we're going to talk all things Mortal Kombat today. We're going to talk the video games. We're going to look at the new film, the trailer, and what we think is coming down the road uh, for that. What are we excited for? What do we hope to see? Um, and then if you haven't figured it out already, I think it's safe to say we're both pretty big fans of the original 1995 film Mortal Kombat. Test your might. <laughs> the greatest techno metal theme song ever written. Ever. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 techno metal theme from the first Blade movie is a close second, but it cannot do Mortal Kombat because it's to this day impossible to hear that song cue up and get to the part where the guy yells Mortal Kombat and not want to like jump around and move, right? Uh, Just like it is throw punches and kicks and like spinning and like 
I'm the least athletic man on the planet, and I still <laughs> want to do that stuff. Like he does yeah. backflips and split kicks. It's awesome. <laughs> or split punches. Sorry. It makes you want to defy gravity and do some bicycle kicks. Oh man. Throw some fireballs and shit. So, uh, I guess uh, come at this with what the the new film first, since it's what we know the least about. Right. So, it's uh, officially set for release on uh, April twenty third. I think whatever that Friday is. Yeah, April twenty third. Yeah, this is a kind of crackpot research. Uh, full disclosure, kids, this was not the original uh, subject for this week's show. Uh, but we are missing um, Commander Scott, so we bumped back our regularly scheduled show, which I was, uh, I promise you, fully prepped for uh, in order to do this show. And that happened about an hour and a half ago. So, we're past to loose. <laughs> we got this. <laughs> So yeah, uh, scheduled for release on April 23rd. Uh, it was supposed to be the 16th, but then they bumped it back a week. It's okay. I'm not mad. I hadn't put in a request off for work in front of the show. Travis Hall Monitor wasn't going to come hang out in town and watch it with me. That's fine. Thanks, guys. <laughs> brothers. Uh, this shit never would happen with New Line. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so Directed by Simon McQuaid. Uh, who you might know from directing such previous hits as and yeah sounds like no, a don't good, worry. good winner yeah the audio didn't cut out uh, this is his first movie uh, I think his IMDB thing has one other credit but it's a movie I've, I've never fucking heard of before so there you go uh, but it's written by Greg Russo uh, who's not one of those Russo brothers, not the Marvel Russos. Uh, Greg Russo, who wrote such movies as... And... And don't forget... Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. The last yeah, one, that was a yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, don't worry, your audio didn't cut out. Uh, <laughs> there's like three things on his IMDb. I hadn't heard of any of them, so I'm like, okay. So, so far, I'm not feeling too good. Uh, but the second person credited as written by, so I don't know if they wrote this together or more likely they wrote two different drafts of it, uh, Dave Callahan, whose credits include, and I'm not joking this time, uh, all three Expendables films, Wonder Woman 1984, and the original Doom with Carl fucking Urban. It's, uh, it's quite the hodgepodge. It's a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, so. And I'm a guy who liked Wonder Woman 1984, and uh, it's still a bit of a mixed bag. Um, but, and this is where I do get some of my uh, faith in this movie back. Uh, it has story by credit for, and I'm going to mispronounce his name, I, I apologize in advance, Oren Uziel, Uziel, U-Z-I-E-L, however you pronounce that, I'm sorry, bro. Uh, uh, who is also, sure, uh, who's also credited with Mortal Kombat Rebirth and Mortal Kombat Legacy. If you're unfamiliar with those, jump on the YouTubes. Uh, it was an internet, uh, well, the Rebirth, if I'm remembering correctly, was like a fan film that was sort of a, a dark, gritty reboot of Mortal Kombat. I think like Mortal Kombat, but as told by like the movie Seven. Um, and then it, it would, that fan film proved popular enough that he got the rights and, and raised money to do 
two seasons of a internet show called Mortal Kombat Legacy. I think it was on YouTube Red. I could be wrong about that. Um, but that was again same same idea, being it was a edgier, darker uh, uh, take on the material. Um, and it, I believe they brought um, I can't remember his real name, Johnny Rico um, from Starship Trooper. That's the one, Casper and his Van Dean. Uh, they brought them both in to play Johnny Cage <laughs> uh, for season two. Uh, I have not seen them, but I am told from friend of the show, Koron, uh, one of the Chris's over at uh, the Chris and Chris show, um, that uh, it's great. Uh, so that lends me the, the fact that that guy has given his story credit on this movie. Uh, I don't think it's supposed to be to tie into the... the um, continuity of either of those projects but if he's if they took enough ideas from him that he got a story by <coughs> we're probably headed down the right direction um listen yes i've i've only seen this trailer about like a dozen times <laughs> and every time i watch it i just keep thinking of the same thing as long as you don't try to get too much plot and storytelling in my Mortal Kombat, I'll be okay. That's a hot take, bro. Because <laughs> you know what happens when you strip all the plot and story out of a Mortal Kombat movie? You get Mortal Kombat Annihilation. All right. That's yeah. fair. Okay. So let me rephrase that. Minimal <laughs> let's, story. Let's not repeat that shit. Right. I mean... I'm sure we'll get into it more, but like the original Mortal Kombat movie, give me a story like that. Easy to follow, but like the basis of my Mortal Kombat movie should be Mortal Kombat. No, yeah, if 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 you're skimping on the fights, you have fundamentally fucked up already. Uh because let's right. not and and I think what you're trying to say, Jay, I think I'm picking up what you're putting down here. Mortal Kombat at its heart and soul, it's a fighting game. It's about the right. fights. Um, and you can build a great fight and we'll get into this. Uh, but you know, that, that first movie may not have the best choreography, but I think most of the fights, there is at least an emotional component. Uh, you know who these people are, you know why they're fighting and you know what's at stake with either of them winning. And that's, that's what creates a great fight scene in addition to awesome choreography. Uh, but you can have awesome choreography and ultimately be kind of an empty fight. It'd be not very memorable, you know? Um, you want somewhere a healthy balance of the two. Um, yeah. But like, little we've... Oh, go ahead, sorry, buddy. I was just going to say, like I said, I've seen this trailer like maybe a dozen times or so. And the one thing that's selling me on wanting to see this movie is the Sub-Zero Scorpion fight. And I have a feeling there'll be more than one of them. Um, yeah, I was going to say, let's get into... So based on this... Um, we can see they're sticking to the core idea uh, that the first movie really hit home, or the original movie, um, which is that this is essentially Enter the Dragon with superpowers. Uh, it, it's a tournament where all these people are called to come fight in it. Uh, and if you've never seen Enter the Dragon, uh, A, what the hell's wrong with you? Uh, why do you hate yourself so much? B, pause the show and go watch it and then come back. You're welcome. Um, some of the greatest uh, uh, kung fu movies ever. Ever, uh, it's the movie that made Bruce Lee a star. Uh, 
It's, it's amazing. But the, the the premise of that is essentially it's a bunch of people coming to a tournament and, and it spends time on who there's arguably three main characters in that. And it spends some time on, on why they're each there and what their backgrounds are. There's one character who's very much like Johnny Cage. Um, but that's what the original film did in, in back in 95 is we're going to build the structure around the tournament. We'll, we'll give you a little bit, you know, we're going to focus on our, our three main characters and we'll give you a bit of their background. So, you know, why they're going here and what they're hoping to find there. Um, and then we're going to tell the story through the fights, you know, because uh, once they hit the island, the fights start coming and they don't stop coming. Um, yeah, hit the ground running. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, I don't know more words to that song, but I just I couldn't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> to differ, judging by the hole in the satellite picture. The ice we the see ice skate getting pretty getting thin. Finished. The water's getting warm, so you might as well you swim. My world's on fire. World's on fire. How about yours? That's the way I'm liking it. I never get bored. Ah, uh, hey now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this has been impromptu karaoke theater with Todd Nerd. That's the wrong show. With Nerd Alert. I didn't say the name of the show yet, did I? Hey, this is your weekly Nerd Alert. 12 minutes into the show. <laughs> This is when uh, we say uh, when we say we're winging it this week. We're winging it this week. Flying by the seat of our pants. Uh, it's okay. I've got the, but, moment, the whole, whole. Sorry. Yeah, I had a I'm, point I'm, before I'm, we got off into fucking. <laughs> uh, I think I think what you're trying to say is that this so far from what we've seen from the the preview from the trailer that this movie is basically following the same sort of formula as the original. It looks like they're incorporating a bit of a mystery element to it in that um, Sonia and I'm assuming Jax are are kind of trying to piece together what the tournament is. Um, and this, this new character who's made up uh, for the movie, Cole, um, who I know is a sticking point for a lot of fans. They're like, hey, there's, you know, like a billion Mortal Kombat characters. Why did you have to make up a new one? Um Stick a pen that I've got some theories about him. I'm sure everyone does. Um, but they're giving us kind of like an X-Men Jubilee character where the characters are already kind of steeped in the world and they know what's going on. So we have to have an audience surrogate character um, to bring the audience up to speed through getting this character up to speed. Um, And that's an interesting way to come at it. Yeah. Uh, Also, I really enjoy the fact that we might get for sure, it looks like we'll get a Scorpion sort of backstory, even if it's through flashbacks. But I would also like to see a Sub-Zero sort of backstory. Well, if you do it right, it's the same backstory. Uh, I mean, if you think about it. Uh, and that's, yeah. Um, one thing I'll say about the original film, even though I love it, is that Sub-Zero and Scorpion are just kind of there. Um, you know, they show up and do some cool kicks and stuff and then disappear until their next fight. And uh, it, it, it looks like in this movie, they're making them not necessarily the main character, but it looks like they're definitely spending some time on uh, how they got to be who they are and the rivalry between them because, you know, and in, in the original movie, 
there's no mention of that. They're just kind of servants to Shang to Shang Sung. There we go. Um, I think I've lost Jay. Jay? No, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't be so quiet. Sorry, sorry. Did you see the size of that goddamn uh, chicken? Uh, uh, there's our one per episode. <laughs> so, I and I said I told Obi John this earlier that I pulled up the IMDb page to look at this ca- the cast uh, because I'm interested. And so, um, Sub Zero is duly credited as B by Han B Han. You're reading it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and he's being played by Joe Taslam, which you might say, oh, that name means nothing to me. But he's in Star Trek Beyond uh, as uh, Manus, 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 uh, Fast and Furious 6, which everybody, of course, you know, goes woohoo about. But the one for me is he's in the Raid Redemption playing uh jaka okay um and i can't i'm i'm sort of blanking on that and i don't remember if that's the main character or like the head uh like the the lieutenant leader of the raid okay but but he's in the raid but what I know from the raid is that movie had some damn awesome martial arts. So what I'm getting from this is Joe Taslam knows what he's doing as far as martial arts goes. And then if you look at Scorpion, who's duly credited as Hanzo Hasashi, he's being played by uh, Hiroyuki Sanada, which obviously that name should ring a bell, but he is in... Um, 47 Ronin, which I'll admit, not a great movie. Um, he's in The Wolverine. Again, not a great movie, but you know. Uh, no, no, but he, no Wolverine is okay. No Wolverine, yeah. Um, an Origins Wolverine. We didn't, didn't, didn't. Right, right. But he's also in The Last Samurai. Um, and if you see his picture, and if you've seen The Last Samurai, you know who he is. Um but I'm pretty excited about just those two cast members in general, because those are two guys who know fight choreography. Let's just put it that way. Trying to see if it lists the fight choreographer under cast and crew. And this has been uh, researching on the show. (laughs) With alert. <laughs> See, stunts with no fights. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't do Mortal Kombat without getting your fights in a row. So hopefully we'll see some cool choreography again based on what we see in the trailer. Um, and that it's, you know, 20 some years later. Uh, unsurprisingly, the CGI is much better uh, from a low budget movie from 1995 to a medium budget movie in 2021 uh so it looks like at least from the the fight we see between scorpion and sub-zero and again i have a feeling that's an opening skirmish i think there's a lot of fighting to come later with those two characters Uh, we're seeing the incorporation of their powers into the fights much more than in the original movie um 
which I feel like we're we're saying that so much is we're beating like a dead horse. But uh, you know, in in the '95 movie, uh, Sub Zero casts like one freeze ball thing, and uh, <clears throat> Scorpion uses his his rope thing, which they turned into that weird like living bird beak thing that comes out of his mouth. That was always like, what the fuck is that? Um, yeah. He uses that a couple times, but uh, you really don't get much of that. Uh, and in fact, I think Sub Zero's freeze thing is what gets him killed because uh, um, Liu Kang throws a bucket of water and it turns into an icicle and he impales himself with it. Uh, so it looks like, you know, we see that awesome shot of Sub Zero cutting Scorpion, freezing his blood midair into a dagger, grabbing it, and then stabbing it with his own, like, frozen blood dagger. Um, which the words frozen blood dagger. Sound pretty fucking Mortal Kombat to me. Yeah, yeah. That just feels right. Also, the uh, sorry, I'm kind of skipping ahead, but the scene where Kano rips out the heart of possibly reptile or something, mm-hmm. and and just uses uh, just uses the phrase "Look at that beauty" or something like that. Like, I'm I'm pumped for that. Like, that's yeah. Well. You forgot about his eye laser, which we're finally going to get to see him use. Finally. Gee. Yeah. That's like the one consistent thing about that character across the Mortal Kombat games is is the eye laser. He's going full Cyclops on us for at least one shot. <laughs> well, you know, the, uh, and they kind of sold his character short in the original movie. Like, uh, he just sort of, and then he gets like choked to death by Sony Blade. Look, he might have been in for uh he might have only been in shortly, uh, but Trevor Goddard played the fuck out of that role. Um yeah. Kano in that movie, uh and, and rest in peace, Trevor Goddard, he sadly passed away in two thousand three. Uh if you don't recognize him, it's okay. He's that asshole from every movie you saw, action movie in the eighties and nineties. Um, he's great as that asshole, uh, and he's and no no finer uh, example of that than his Kano in the original '95 movie, which became such a classic version of that character. Like in the games up to that point, Kano changes drastically pretty much every game because they really didn't have much of a handle on the character. He was like, oh, he was an orphan and became a criminal. He's got a weird eye thing. Kano, yay! <laughs> um, the uh, Trevor Goddard's per, uh, portrayal of that character in the original movie was so iconic that the games since then have incorporated that. Like he has uh, in the games where they start speaking, he's always got that Australian accent now, uh, including in this film, because um, originally the character was Asian and they changed it for the movie, and they they like no that that works. We're just keeping it that way. Um, so yeah, you definitely, I mean, and, and maybe it's one of those things where we love them so much because we only got little bits of them. Um, you know, that scene where they, they, they come to confront him and he's sitting at the giant table and just eat chicken, uh, with, you know, with his feet up on the table, it just doesn't give a fuck. Um, is, yeah, uh, maybe it's, it's because we got just, just enough of a taste to want more, um, and his fight with Sonya is, you know, again, not the best choreograph, but I would argue, other than maybe the end fight uh, between Liu Kang and Shang Tsung, it's the one that has the most, like, emotional build-up to it. Yes. Yeah. Sonya's entire reason for being there is trying to track down Kano for killing her partner. 
and in Kano just delighting in being a douchebag to Sony every chance he gets. Um, so yeah, maybe not the best like choreographed fight, but <clears throat> definitely has the best stakes is the word I'm looking for. Uh, also, in case anybody is interested in knowing this piece of information, because I'm excited because I saw the name and I thought, wait, I know that name, so I clicked on him. Okay, I don't know the character that well. Uh, the character is Rico. 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 Rico's roughnecks. Who? Uh, <laughs> Casper and his Van Dean. Uh, <laughs> um. Anyway, Our cover band is called Casper and the Van Deans. By the way, guys, look for us coming soon. Hey, now you're an all star. Get your game on. It's the only song we play. Um. <laughs> The first time you're like, oh hey, that song, that's cool, and we play it again. You're like, oh, that's funny that they're playing. And then by the third time, you're like, is this all they're gonna play? And then the fourth time, you're like, fuck, this is all they know how to play. And the fifth time, you're like, how long do we book these guys for? An hour of the- no, no, get them off, get them off stage. <laughs> oh man. Uh anyway, Nathan right. Jones uh-huh. is in this movie, and uh, for those of you that might not recognize the name right away. He was he was Rictus in Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, oh, nice. The big beefed out guy that will half his face be covered again? Uh I doubt it. Um is he, is but, he playing one of the ninjas? <laughs> no, no. He, okay, okay. I I also want to see him rip the headers off of a V eight engine again. Just <laughs> rip it off and just because he can yeah yeah no no stunt man needed for that because nathan jones is a big man i actually so on his imdb page he is listed at six foot 11 330 pounds that's a big guy (laughs) and and if you've seen mad max fury road and you know who rictus is they didn't need to beef him up for that he's just that yeah um (laughs) The other thing I think this film really has going for it, uh, and I, I applaud the filmmakers. Um, there was an interview with, the, I think it was the director, who talked about like um, the things we had to do in order for a Mortal Kombat movie to work. And the first one on the list was it has to be rated R. And I, I give uh, Warner Brothers credit for, for backing that play. Uh, because the thing that you want to go to is because, again, you're making a, a, a movie based on a video game. So you want to appeal to the widest crowd you can, especially if it's a video game, you really want to go with that teenager crowd. Um, And you can make an argument that in 2021, it's maybe a bit of a safer bet because there's nerds like us who've grown up playing it. Uh, Whereas in 95, it was still kind of a new property and and really the only fan base was like teenagers. Um, But when you make a movie R, you're limiting your audience because now you've got to be 17 or older to get in or or drag your parent with you. Uh, to get you in, and that's that's a, a bit of a, a a deal breaker for some people. It's going to kind of limit how much money you can make in the box office. Um, but it's 2021, so this is being released simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max. Um, I will be watching in the theater uh, because fuck that. Uh, I, I uh, Movies that I'm excited to see, I will pay money and go through the hoops of seeing it in a theater because there's nothing like watching an awesome new movie on the screen. But that's a whole different topic for a whole different show. And <clears> I agree with you. Being, oh, sorry. Go ahead. 
So my point being, the director stuck to this has to be rated R, and the studio backed that play and said, no, go ahead and make an R-rated Mortal Kombat. Um, one of the biggest things people you know knock the original films for is they very much skimped that on the gore because they had to. Because they were trying to appeal towards that, you know, we can't make it too dark or our, our main core audience can't go see it. Well, now your main core audience is, instead of being teenagers, are all in our mid-30s. So, uh, you know, you could argue it's not as much of a gamble anymore um, by limiting your audience. But uh, kudos, man. Because we're going to, and that, that's why I love that the first trailer that I put out was a red band trailer. Um, for those of you unaware, a red band trailer means the little little warning at the front of the trailer is red, not green. Red means it is restricted. It is only for uh, 17 and up. Green means it's safe to show to anyone, anywhere, anytime. There's nothing offensive in it. Red means, hey, there's going to be gore or swearing uh, or some combination of the two. Um, and they went full red band. And I don't think they've put out a green band trailer for it yet. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the red band is the only one we have. Um, I was just going to say that I, I agree that going to see it in theaters would be the way to go, but unfortunately, I don't live anywhere near a lot of places where I could see it in theaters. Uh, so there's a good chance I'll be signing up for HBO Max so that I can get some big movie na- things this summer so I can actually watch them. Um, but also, as far as the rated R thing goes, you're right that the fan base, the major fan base is our age now mid to late thirties, maybe even early forties. So here's the thing. If these people have kids, their kids could be anywhere. Like I'm teaching kids this age, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old, where they might be playing mortal Kombat 10 or mortal Kombat 11 and might want to go see this movie. And they're going to say, Hey, Dad, because, of course, you never ask your mom to see a rated R movie because you already know what the answer is going to be. It's going to be no. So you go say, hey, Dad, do you want to go see Mortal Kombat? And if your dad is a person like, you know, Obi John and myself or most fans of this show, they're going to say, yeah, yeah, let's go. Here's, Here's what you do, kids. Here's what you do. Here's how you put it. You want to tug on these hard strings. Okay, you don't... Or first of all, you're absolutely right. Don't go to mom. <clears throat> Unless your mom is just an awesome mom. Because um, I Shout can see Diane trying LaPage. to ask Nancy Peacock. <laughs> I can see trying to ask Nancy Peacock this question. <laughs> you want to see what? Mortal what? No. Jonathan, no. Or you get her to, like, you caught her into taking you, and then, like, the first time, like, you punch, you know, the first fatality. Uh, what is this rated? No, take this out. You're not watching this. <clears throat> so you go to Dad. Dale. You say, hey, Dad, can we go see Mortal Kombat together? I think you'd really love it. <laughs> That's how you phrase the kids. Yep. It's not about you wanting to see a movie. It's about your father wanting to share this thing, this cherished, beloved thing from his childhood with you. You're really doing him a favor. Yep. That's how you do it. Yep. And if that doesn't work, you just go get a friend's HBO uh, account and you're fine. (laughs) Great. Until mom's asleep. (laughs) Or Or out of work. 
you or, go to your friend's house to the basement. And, yeah. Or you have friends like uh, the doc whose movie collection is in the basement and all open free willy nilly to yeah. any rating whatsoever. And then your parents come home and go, Oh, what are you watching? Oh, this looks gory. Have fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, eventually my mom quit trying, but uh, once again, shout out to Diane LePage. <laughs> Big shout out. <laughs> or, uh, what were we watching? Your dad came home one time. Um, shout out to Lester, rest in peace. Uh, we were watching something, and he goes, What you guys watching in here? Oh, yeah, that's good over, Jay. <laughs> just sat down and started watching. I don't remember it's like backdraft or something random like that. But he yeah. comes in, comes in. Oh, what you guys watching here? Aha! Uh-huh. Scoot over, Jay. Yeah. Oh no, no, Dad. He. There are so many times that I he caught me watching a rated R movie before I was old enough to be watching rated R movies, and he goes, "Oh yeah, this is a good one." And then he just walks on and goes on about his business. So yeah. <laughs> Like like you said, shout out to Lester LePage. Rest in peace, Dad. Yeah. Much love. But uh man. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back on track. What were we talking about? Oh, uh, Mortal how much Kombat, I think. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh so yeah, look, as much as we know about the film without it coming out, um, I'm legit excited for it. Like I said, uh, I had a whole day planned with um uh, Travis, friend of the show, Travis, our resident hall monitor, who was going to come be on the show today. Um, as soon as I told him, hey, we're doing a show about Mortal Kombat. Do you want to come be on? And he's like, hell yeah. And he goes, when? And I'm like, tonight, 7.30. He goes, I'm at work. So uh, he was, he wanted to be here because uh, he's a huge Mortal Kombat fan. But uh, So I, hopefully we'll still get to go see it together. Well, we had to push things back a week because for whatever reason, Warner Brothers decided to push the release date back by one week. Uh, so I'm glad I hadn't bought tickets yet, jackasses. So, uh, John. And ruin our plans, yeah. I'm going to segue us here. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take you I'm going to take you back in time. Right? <laughs> Skate country. Oh, Mid 90s. Okay. What's in the corner? Arcade games. What's oh, that one? corner. Okay, that corner. Yeah, not not you making out with. Never mind. Um, <laughs> uh, what, you what's give over me too there? Much credit. I was never cool enough for that. Right. Uh, arcade games. What arcade game was always there? Mortal Kombat. Area fifty. Oh yeah. The, well, yeah, that too. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. You put in your two quarters. You select your character. Who are you taking? Oh, hold on. I got a page for this. Ooh. So, which game is it? The original Mortal Kombat? Uh, what's the one I think I played the most was 2? Mortal Kombat 2? Ooh, okay. I played that one the least. Okay. Um, so, well, no, let's say, hey, hey, great segue, great topic. Because here's the thing. I never really played Mortal Kombat in the arcade very much. I'm oh. not saying I never did. But yeah. for me, it was all home console, and specifically two games on two different consoles. I played the shit out of Mortal Kombat 3 for Sega Genesis. Okay. And the shit out of the original Mortal Kombat for Sega Game Gear. Yes, they were both hand-me-downs from my brother. 
Shout out to Scott, who won't ever listen to this. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Uh, but if it's MK1, I mean, it really doesn't matter. I'm going Scorpion. Get over here. And yes, those of you at home who are big uh, fighting game fans and MK fans are already at your keyboard saying, yes, he is my favorite because he had the easiest special moves to remember. Yes. That's why he was my favorite. Yes, I'm a noob. I don't care. <laughs> what was it? Was like backpack A or backpack B? Backpack kick, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah, I'm a noob. Noob Sabat. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. What now? That's hey, the name it, of the, the last it, names of the developers spelled backwards. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, Scorpion, classic pick. His, his special move was very easy to remember, very easy to pull off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could spam the hell out of it. Uh, and did, yeah. You you'd get your you'd get your opponent right up in their grill, and you know usually the go to for me if I was Scorpion was hit them with the the back back A or back back B whatever it was get them to come over there and then they're all woozy uppercut the shit out of them oh hell yeah uppercut and if you're really talented uppercut and then jump kick while they're still in the air yeah for yep. sure yep yep. Pissed off many people with that. Yeah. Uh, that's, and, you know, Scorpion, he's such a classic quality character, too. He is. And it's, I mean, look, he's an enduring character for a reason. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. If you're going back to those original, was it six or seven characters from Mortal Kombat? He's, yep. he's, it, him and Sub Zero <clears throat> all day long, man. Yeah, yep. they're palette swap ninjas. No one gives a shit. Shut up. Uh, because they had, you know, their personality was different. And their power set was different. And then, you know, if you're like me and, you know, you mostly watched your older brother and his friends play, you read through the instruction booklet a lot, which is where all the good lore for these games is in the yep. instruction book. You it's learn true. about Outworld and the tournament and all that. And you learn about uh, Scorpion being a member of a ninja clan and his rivalry with Sub-Zero for the rival clans and all that kind of stuff. Like, that's what's good shit was um, until they were done and bored and then you could go play by yourself. Um. Yeah, what about it? Uh, but no, um, Scorpion. So I, I listed under games favorite characters, uh, Scorpion, and then in parentheses, easiest special move. Uh, yep. And and I don't think that's ever changed. Uh, the last Mortal Kombat game I played, I think, was Mortal Kombat X. Still the easiest special move. Nice. Yeah. Ah, uh, for me, it was a toss up. Okay. I liked Scorpion. Scorpion E was really easy. Uh, but I got really, really good at Sub-Zero's uh, ice freeze maneuver. The shoot or the ice clone thing? The shoot. Okay. Where you could freeze them in place. I yeah. I got, like, super good at that for a while. And I would spam the shit out of it. Nice. Because who doesn't? You know what I mean? Yeah, look, we were kids, and it cost us 50 cents to play this game, so the one move that I can remember, yeah, I'm going to spam the fuck out of it. Right. Because that's how the arcade works. Yeah. Uh, and and then time to sit there and memorize moves for the people all day. 
kids these days and their consoles and how fucking good they have it. You pay 60 bucks and you get everybody in every movie you want to and you can look up all their combos on the internet. Well, guess what we didn't have? Internet. Right. God, you had to get... You had to convince your parents to buy you the game for your home console, and then you had to convince them to buy you the Prima Strategy Guide, uh, or or you had to remember the combo that you know Ricky whatever told you on the playground his older brother discovered, and if you hit you know this button and that combo at the same time, it'll do this thing. Or, yeah, or you friggin' <laughs> figured it out yourself, and you're like, holy shit, <laughs> how did I do how that? Did I do that, and then <laughs> you do, do it that? again. And then you're like, oh, oh, okay, okay. And then you tweak that, it, and then you're like, I can do it every time now. That was the ultimate taunt if someone pulled off a really awesome special move. Yeah, do it again. Yeah. <laughs> like, Because you knew there was like at least a 60% chance they had no kind of idea how they did that, and they couldn't do it again. I mean. That was the ultimate call. Do it again. Let's Let's be realistic. Button mashing hit its peak in the 90s. <laughs> In the arcades, all right? Button mashing saves lives. I mean, <clears throat> you only get three of them, so you better use them wisely. <laughs> oh. Uh, but the other the other character I loved was Liu Kang. Yeah. Uh, Liu Kang's bicycle kick, I could never pull it off consistently. <laughs> but when you did pull it off, you went, holy shit, I did it. And then you just watched him be like, whoa, 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 whoa. And, you know, you're like, that's awesome. Uh, also, his his fire maneuver. And for whatever reason, he always kicked his knee really high and, like, tucked it up to his chest when he shot his fireball out of his hands. He was showing off. And you're like, what are you doing, Liu Kang? <laughs> He's bracing for the impact of the fireball. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, Sub-Zero and Liu Kang, they, they were good. Well, wow. um, like I said, the game I played the most of was Mortal Kombat 3, um, which I'm probably going to break out as soon as we're done recording. Um, and my favorite character on that game, and I can't really even tell you why, I think it's because he's the first person I pulled off a special move for. And like Jay said, I, I, I pulled it off, wasn't sure how I did it, tried it a couple more times and figured out, oh, that's how you do it. Okay. Because uh, again, in an age before, uh, you know, I, I love uh, Injustice uh, and Injustice Two, the the DC fighting games from Nether Realms, the same guys that make Mortal Kombat. I love those games. Um, and one of the things I love about them is you can hit the pause button, and it will pull up the entire uh, list of special moves for that character. Uh, so you're like, wait, how do, I do that again? Pause. Oh, it's back down. Okay, got it, got it. And then hit unpause and do your move. Uh, back in the day, in the '90s, you didn't have that shit. Uh, I mean, literally, there's a notes section in the back of the Mortal Kombat book for shit like that. So you could write down how you pulled off special moves and stuff. So figuring out how to do a special move with the character was part of the game. And if you could figure out how to do that special move and like you're the person you're playing against, you know, your friend or your buddy or your older brother, I don't know, just throwing that out there. Um, <clears throat> and they didn't know how to do a special move with the character. That was your guy. Uh, and that's how Sector from World Combat 3, the red, the red ninja robot uh, became my favorite. Not to be confused with Cyrax, the yellow ninja robot, or Smoke, the, I always thought he was gray, but apparently he's indigo, uh, robot ninja from Mortal Kombat 3. Or the other ones that came out later down the road. I think there's like a green one and a purple one and a, I don't know. 
They were the new palette swap characters from that game forward. Uh, but Sector was uh, was my man in Mortal Kombat 3, and I'm pretty sure it's because I figured out how to do his... Uh, and again, very similar to Scorpion, his his move is that uh, he shot out a rocket from his chest. Uh, yeah. There was a homing rocket that I could kind of do sometimes, but the regular to shoot the rocket, I, I could I could pull that off pretty pretty frequently. Uh, that and he was he was a robot ninja, and it's like oh that just sounds badass. So he was a ninja, and then he volunteered for the this program to become a cyborg ninja. So now he's a rocket powered cyborg ninja. Yeah, sign me up for that movie all day. Uh I really enjoyed their fatalities in Mortal Kombat Three. Because yeah. was it. Was it all of the robot ninjas or was it just smoke that did like the self-destruction where they just come like shat out a whole bunch of grenades and I blew everything up? Because I've never pulled off a fatality, so I don't know. I've just seen it. I've never done it, but I would I've seen this fatality where like literally everything dies. If we they if do like had, a self-destruct. If you would have had time to properly prep this show, I would have done a best fatalities. Uh, but like I said, we had like an hour and a half to do this. So yeah. Well, obviously one of the best fatalities was the bridge, where you heard one time about your friend's brother who did a special combination, and the moon was full, and if you punch a person just right. And, like, you have to do it as the third cloud passes the full moon and and you uppercut, they'll launch off the bridge and into the spike pit. Oh, the pit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Iconic as fuck. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a version of that in just about every game. There was a uh, nod to it in the 95 movie. Um, we got a version of the, of the, the pit. Um. Do you remember uh, another thing? I, I loved, and this is something you know. When, when you say Mortal Kombat to me, and we're talking about the games and that part of you know my childhood, the urban myths about Mortal Kombat and what you could or couldn't do, and it's 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 just like you said, Jay. It was always like on the playground or you know between classes or whatever. The person you were talking to, they weren't the ones who ever did it but a friend of theirs or their brother or their cousin or somebody, you know, somebody else always figured out, like you said, it was like this weird uh, urban legend of like, Oh, that flaming guy in the background of this uh, um, uh, map. If you get a, you know, 15 flawless victories against Motaro or whatever, you can unlock that character. Like there were so many, yeah, urban legends about Mortal every Mortal Kombat game and, and what you could or couldn't unlock and things that were hidden. Um, I remember for the longest time someone can, tried to convince me you could unlock Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat 2 because there's a level where he's like chained up because uh, he was my boy and I was like I want to play I want to play Johnny Cage like well you can't in Mortal Kombat 2 um, but there's a way you can unlock them and like yeah it's it's again nowadays you know stuff you know, Games have plenty of secret content and Easter eggs and things like that. But as soon as one person figures it out, it's all over the internet. And he, hey, here's how I did it, and here's a video of me on Twitch doing it. And, and you know, it's that was part of the fun for me of Mortal Kombat is 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 
trying those things and and accidentally discovering things. I remember, like again, World Combat Three was the one I played the most, and they had the um, little tiles at the bottom of the character select screen before your match would start, and you could hit A, B, or C and switch them around to different images. And that was intended to be, and that that was built into the game, uh, where different combinations would unlock different things, but we never knew what they were. So we would just randomly start, you know, before the match started, flip buttons and, and see what happens and see what you get. Well, now, you know, you can go look it up online or get the strategy guy or whatever, and it'll tell you what you can, can unlock um, by doing, you know, what combination of images and stuff. But, like, that was that was part of the fun yeah. for me is, is that whole, like, yeah, trying to unlock things and un- characters and levels and things you heard could be done and then going home to try it. You can get to the second bridge in the bridge <laughs> level. It's like, really? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I'm totally with you with those urban legends. Yeah. Like, they were just completely unfounded, a lot of bullshit, but also hilarious. <laughs> Thinking back on it now. Which is now the title of the show Completely Unfounded Bullshit That's Hilarious. <laughs> With Obi John in the dock. Hey now, you're an old star. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then if we're on favorite characters, uh, which I think is how we got here, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Scorpion, my favorite character to play as because I could remember his move. Sector from World Combat 3 holds a special place in my heart. But if we're talking just flat out favorite characters, and this is based solely on his characterization and appearance in the 1995 movie, I think you know where I'm going with this. It's Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat, the movie. This is this is the part where you're supposed to fall down. <laughs> Lyndon Ashby took that role and fucking made it his own and thank god he did apparently a lot of his stuff was improvised um his he is always the most fun character to watch whenever he is on screen uh i love him start to finish he's funny as hell uh he never takes anything very seriously which is good for a mortal Kombat movie don't go too serious with it um he gets the best one-liners yeah, <laughs> that we've already endlessly quoted to you. <laughs> um, the whole thing with him and Sonya, <laughs> uh, where he mistakes uh, Liu Kang for the porter getting on the boat. Uh, his, <laughs> Liu Kang just throws his luggage in the water. His the way that he beat Goro with his splits punch to the nuts. <sighs> Which I love that they included that because the whole reason that character does a split punch is because originally it was supposed to be, the, in, in the game in fact, it was supposed to be uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, which is why he even has the split punch thing. Uh, but yeah, that's that's <clears throat> that whole Goro fight is so goddamn good because it's it's Johnny you know, the thing he says right before he goes off and picks this fight is to raise it. Mortal Kombat, right? It's our fight. Uh, I love that line. And then, uh, yeah, he crushes the sunglasses $500 sunglasses, ass. And then he just God. pushes him off a cliff, yeah. Uh, but if we're... All right, if we're going to go down the rabbit hole of favorite characters from the movie, 
And I haven't um, even talked about the scorpion fight yet, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm going with Lord Raiden. Christopher Lambert. Probably one of what I would call... Ah, I'm just going to call it what it is. It was basically whitewashing of no, the character. It was straight up whitewashing. <laughs> but yes, it's true. But seeing him in that outfit with that hat on, and you're like, he is not Lord Raiden. But I'll be damned if he didn't pull it off to the best that he possibly could. He's much better in one than he is in Annihilation. We're, we're not even going to get into what the hell they did to the character in that movie. Oh, I'm uh, mortal now. Yeah. Look at me. I cut my hair off and I'm wearing a vest like I did in Warriors. Also, I'm a new actor now. God. Yeah, anyway. I sort of think Johnny Cage got off easy on Annihilation, just getting killed in the first two minutes. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, Christopher Lambert is reading. Um, definitely not most people were expecting to see. Right. Uh, but he was, he was the big name that got kind of got this movie rolling. So, and what what's disappointing though is we never got to see him fight. Yeah, and which which you know okay it is what it is. But like Raiden is hard to fight, and I I kind of thought because again like during the tournament he can't really fight. He's just there to kind of like protect the the earth warriors and, and make sure they're okay you know make sure there's nothing you know, underhanded going on and whatnot but once the tournament was kind of falling apart and it's more about like he's you know shang Tsung kidnapped sonya and ran back to our world's like okay here we go here's where raiden can like cut loose and not worry about the rules of the tournament and then uh nope 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 i would have given anything for him just to yell out of nowhere there can be only one and then just start messing people up left and right. Yeah. You think you're mixing up movies there, bro? What? No, that's yeah. the one sure. with the Kurgan, right? And Juan Villa Lobos Ramirez. Sanchez. Juan Sanchez Villa Lobos Ramirez. You say his name with respect. Gonzalez. He's the chief metallurgist to Her Majesty of Spain, born in Egypt, played by a Scotsman. Oh, fuck logic. Uh, which is exactly how we cast Christopher Lambert, a Frenchman, to play Raiden. Right? The god of the storm or lightning or whatever he's the god of. Yeah. But it gets better uh. because I, pooked, uh, I, I looked up uh, IMDb. For the 1995 uh, Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. Sub Zero was played by a na- man named Francois Petit. We, <laughs> oui. I'm not making that up. Francois Petit. It could be Petit or Petit, but it is P E T I T. Which, of course, is French for tiny Frenchman. (laughs) I know that because I took three years of French. And I'm pretty sure Scorpion was played by an Italian guy, Chris Casamassa. (laughs) Casamassa ball? What? You can't make this up. So 
the I'm just gonna throw it out there. The fact that this next Mortal Kombat movie has done a better job casting, I'll just put it that way. Yeah, they they might be unknowns, but I feel like that's to their benefit and that they they were more casting who fits this part better, not what big name actor or what we know, what star can we get to be in this, uh, which is how you end up with. I mean, granted, look, for all the weird ass, you know, Christopher Lambert casting, you do get Gary, um, sorry, Carrie Hiroyuki Takawa playing Shang Sun who's fantastic in that role. Uh, yep. Again, Lyndon Ashby, fucking perfect for Johnny Cage. Um, Robin Chow, you know, is his, his first, I think his first American movie. They definitely did not cast uh, him for his acting ability. It was his fighting ability. Uh, and he ended up taking over the fighting choreography for that. But uh, yeah, this new movie is definitely leaning more towards the who's right for the role, not what name could we get? Yes. Uh just but shout out to the most random appearances of characters in the 1995 film. Okay. Most specifically Reptile, who was in fact shot after the movie had wrapped. And you're just like, okay, so Reptile's a thing and then he gets tossed into when they're in oh, Outworld. What is it? Outworld and he gets tossed into that like ancient sort of relic skeleton and turns into the palette change sub-zero scorpion yeah (laughs) he's green now he's reptile and just to make sure you're not confused we're gonna have a random voiceover say reptile when he comes in yes out of nowhere (laughs) (laughs) but it's fine it works uh it's one of the best fights in that movie man and again it's um Apparently, test audiences were upset that Reptile wasn't in because he he was like the big character from um, uh, the second game, I think. Yes, so the Mortal third Kombat game. Two. Yeah, third game hadn't come out yet when the movie was in theaters or was about to. Um, so they went back, and th- that whole fight with Reptile was in a, um, a reshoot, uh, a pickup scene, um, and by that point. Robin Chow was doing pretty much all the choreography. So they let him just like, yeah, just go nuts, man. Like, cause you know, throughout the rest of the movie, he was kind of trying to like, I don't want to be overly technical or too showy, or I don't know what all the actors can and can't handle. And with this one, it was just him and the stunt guy playing reptile. So they're like, dude, just go nuts. Uh, and he did. Uh, there's some seriously great choreography in that, in that fight. Uh, almost to the detriment of the fight that he has like 10 minutes later was with, um, Shang Tsung, which is the climax of the movie, is yeah. not technically speaking the best fight. Um, but anyway, I had a point at one point. I forgot what it was. I ran a lot. <laughs> Reptile was a pickup. There we go. <laughs> That's why it kind of comes out of left field. And we never talk about it again. Uh, so, you know, we keep skirting it. We're skirting the subject. But I feel like there's a few things we need to talk about with the sequel to Mortal okay. Kombat. All right. Uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, Mortal Kombat, I want my money back. It's so Mortal true. Come back. Speak to the manager, please. Oh, it was so bad. You, I, I looked forward to so many things. For example, the... Um, I I'm gonna say unfortunately named uh, Beastality. 
Uh, which in the game you turned into a creature of some sort to which do a fatality. Did not, did not remotely have the budget to pull off an annihilation. No, and it just turned into two very crappy dragon creatures fighting each other. Uh, and not even like the first movie has stop motion, but it's pretty well done stuff. Like Goro is a combination of a full size animatronic and stop motion. And it again, you know it's stop motion, but it, it looks pretty good. You know, it's believable. You get to the end of Annihilation, and you're like, the fuck is this? Right. Did someone turn in their homework project for animation class? What is this garbage? Uh, yes. And it was awful. And you're just like, okay. And you're supposed well, we to were... be you're supposed to be really terrified of the ah oh, god, I can't think of his name. Not Shang Tsung. The Emperor? Shao yeah, Khan. the bigger yeah, Shao Kahn. You're supposed to be super like scared of him and you're like, okay, this is this is pretty ridiculous. Let me pull a Judge Dredd and immediately take off my cool-looking skull helmet so you can see my bald face the entire rest of the movie. That's intimidating, right? No, no, it's not. See, here's the problem, man. The first movie should not have been that good, and I'm going to steal Koran's phrase. Mortal Kombat 1995 was a better movie than it had any right to be. It's true. Very true. I still put it in the top. You know what? Fuck it. It's number one best video game movie to this day. Fight me. Uh, it, it gets the the spirit of the game. It, uh, it It's not trying to cram every character in the games, in the movie. It gives you enough of them. And it makes sure everyone kind of has a purpose and a point to the story. And it gets kind of an arc. Um, it, it's it's great. It not happen. So a couple of years later, uh, for Annihilation, you know, we're kids. We don't, there's no IMDb or box office mojo. I don't know any of this shit. I just know they're making another one. Hell yeah. Last one was awesome. And then, you know, you watch the trailer, and like, wow, they're putting like everybody in this movie. We've got like the new style Sub Zero, even though we killed them in the last one. Okay, that's interesting. And there's a new Scorpion, and everyone's got new costumes, and Jax is in this one. And the robots are there. The oh, this is going to be great. And then you take your buddies to the theater and you go watch it. And they kill fucking Johnny Cage in the first two minutes. You're yep. Like, what have you done, man? If I had a watch in seventh grade, I would have checked. I would have checked it for that. Like, how much is left in this piece of shit? Yep. It's true. And let's talk about Jax for a second. Okay. Jax is supposed to have robot arms that is his thing Jax <laughs> has robot arms that's what he has there's there's no questions there's anybody who's ever played the games you say hey what's Jax's shtick oh he's got robot arms what the hell does he do in the middle of annihilation he sheds his robot arms how does that work how <laughs> How do you just detach those robot arms? And then he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a much tougher fighter with just my muscle. Dude, you had robot arms and you gave them up. And you're supposed to be tougher? You're supposed to be stronger? I want the clip of you saying, dude, you had robot arms. I just want that. I want that clip on repeat. 
Well, I mean, it's fat. That is facts. That's a thousand percent facts right there. Dude, just, you had robot arms. He just sheds them. He sheds them worse than Optimus Prime sheds off the old dude robot. You know what I'm talking about? I can't think of his name. Why are you bringing up terrible movies to talk about even ter- more terrible movies? You get what I'm saying, though. Like, he's like, use my parts to help you defeat this guy. And then after the fight's over, he's just like, well, peace out with this stuff. Jax, same way. I don't need these robot arms. You bastard, Jax. That apparently aren't robot arms. They're just giant uh, mechanical sleeves for him to wear. God. Jax is the most disappointing character in Annihilation. At least he gets some kind of an arc. Here's here's my biggest problem with Annihilation. And it's, it's, it's... and I'm glad it's terrible because it's my go-to example when people start talking about shit like this is Annihilation was let's cram every character we possibly can into this movie. They'll only be there for one scene to have a fight with one of our hero characters. So everyone knows they're going to lose and then they're gone and we'll never talk about them again. Like Sub-Zero or Scorpion or Sector. Uh, so no, sorry. Sector wasn't in that movie. It's just smoke and Cyrax, fuckers. Um, <laughs> and then even to add insult to injury, we'll talk about characters we couldn't afford to put in the movie and say they're dead. Like the the scene where they talk about uh, Striker. Oh, we 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 killed Striker. Oh, okay. Wow. We're not gonna do him in this movie, and we're gonna say he's dead. So we're never gonna do him now. Wow. Fuck you guys. Uh, I think Jade is in that movie. Night. Uh, was it Nightwolf? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Who's who's there for, again, they show up, they're there for five minutes, they leave, and we never talk about them again. Uh, is, that is the movie, rinse and repeat, for however long that movie is. Uh, it's terrible. You don't get any backstory on anyone. You don't know why anyone's fighting anybody. It's so fucking terrible. It is the exact opposite of what the first movie was. And it's, uh, I, again, terrible, but I'm glad it is, because, like, when they make an X-Men movie... And people complain because, you know, Gambit or somebody isn't in it. My, my example is I was, look, man, I'd rather them not do the character than just throw them in the movie to say they're in the movie. I'd rather not Mortal Kombat Annihilation this thing. Like, <laughs> let's save those characters till we have a reason for them to be here, like an arc for the character to go through. Oh, God, I just yeah. remembered it. Nightwolf is the one who teaches Liu Kang about beast beastality, animality. I'm pretty sure it's called animality. Bestiality. I'm pretty sure it's not called bestiality, Jay. It's uh, it's interspecies erotica, kids. Nightwolf teaches Liu Kang about bestiality. Y'all want to go to Tijuana? We got a real neat show with the dog. You had robot arms. Did <laughs> you see the size of that goddamn chicken? <laughs> if, if anything, this show will be entertaining for our listeners. 
Uh, like, here's all you need to know. Like, the original Mortal Kombat's not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it's, it's again, better than it should have been. It has a Rotten Tomato score of 44% from the critics, which, fuck you guys, and 57% uh, viewer, which, fuck you guys. That movie's awesome. It's at least in the low 70s. Uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation has a Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 2%. Ooh. Ooh. 2. It's not Ooh. a total zero. It's 2. So I'm yes. not sure who liked the movie enough to give it a 2. Uh, and then the user rating, which is usually a bit higher, because uh, fans are a little kinder to these things, 25%. I'm I'm pretty sure that I've seen Mortal Kombat Annihilation one time. I know enough to say never again. Yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat the '95 had a total worldwide gross of 122 million dollars on a budget of 20 million dollars. That's pretty damn good numbers in 1995. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, I don't have the budget because it won't show me that. But it had a total worldwide gross of $51 million. Yeesh. Less than half. So that should tell you what you need to know about Never Watch Annihilation. You know what? Watch it once. So say you've seen it. And you can now see how bad things can get and never again. Watch it for the bestiality scene. <laughs> if you're watching it for a bestiality scene, you're going to be very disappointed. Which is, if you're watching it for an animality, you're still going to be disappointed. <laughs> for different reasons, mostly. Uh... Uh, I can't help it. I'm sorry. Uh no, it's 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 so bad, and like if if I have to pick, like I mean, it's not that I have to pick, but when I watch Mortal Kombat, I'm like, yeah, this is entertaining. At least it keeps my interest, and it's not just total shit from beginning to end. And yes, they they baited us into a sequel at the end of Mortal Kombat. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I don't need a sequel. It's okay. Yeah. And then I was excited for the sequel. And then it's like somebody pooped in my Cheerios. <laughs> well, let's, um, let's talk about the real unsung hero of this entire franchise. And the real question we all need answered about the new film. I think you know where I'm going with this. Because if there is anything that the 95 film has given to the world. It's that goddamn theme song. Yes. From the techno group, the immortals uh, called techno syndrome, which was then remixed and is now known as the mortal Kombat theme. Um, it's the song that caused the soundtrack to go platinum in less than two weeks. Wow. Uh, yeah. I did not realize it was that fast. Yeah, I looked it up because <laughs> oh, I was curious about it. Um, that song is dope. 
still to this day. I love that song. It is awesome. Uh, like we said at the top of the show, when it starts playing, I still get the urge, you know, and I, I'm, I'm at the age now where I'm starting to make dad noises when I get up out of my chair, like, oh, you know, whenever I yep. stand up, because yep. standing up is just raining on me now, because uh, I'm closer to 40 than I am 30 at this point in my life. But when I hear that song, I am a 12-year-old in my basement fighting ninjas. Uh, it's a lot more snap, crackle, and pop. As, yes. As the as the kids would say these days, it's a real banger. I think that's the well, correct. Scott's not here to tell us what the kids say on on um, on uh, the TikTok. TikTok, yeah. So we'll have to the, the damn TikTok. Ah, uh, no, you're you know I agree with you a thousand percent that you could put that on right now, and in my completely just out of shape, non-athletic, old age. My knees sound like gravel roads, you know, being driven on by a dump truck. I'm I'm still going to do like ninja kicks and karate chops and shit. And well, like what you need. Need you. <laughs> Is it uh, nothing to see here? No. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. (laughs) I'm dancing in my chair. Me too. Okay, gotta keep it under thirty seconds. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, look, that <sighs> song is is was amazing, um, uh, and and that leads us back to the question we need answered, which circles us right back to the what was supposed to be the main point of the show, anyway. <clears throat> Will that theme be in the two thousand twenty one remake? <sighs> In the trailer, at the end of the trailer, we get a sort of orchestral version of that. That dun, 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 dun. You know, we, we hear that. I appreciate that. I like that. Uh, but I'm going to point to a movie I should love but hate, the Power Rangers reboot. Which did the same fucking thing at the end of the trailer. Gave us a tease of an orchestral reboot of the original Power Rangers theme song, which, to my knowledge, is nowhere in the movie. The movie just flat out plays the original theme song again. Uh, way too late in that movie. That movie's terrible. Don't watch that movie. Uh, I say that as a guy who owns a Power Ranger helmet uh, and way more Power Ranger toys than a guy my age should. Uh, so when I tell you don't watch that Power Ranger movie, it's bad. Um, but. Will that song be in the new movie, and what form do we think it might take? Jay, thoughts? I I hope, I hope some version of it is in the movie. Do I want the exact same? Yes and no. Okay. Let me, let me explain. Okay. If you're playing it just to be like, hey, let's hit the good old hits again, I don't want it. Um... The only way I would want it in its original form, and you might think that this is very cheesy, but I'm going to say it. 
is in some sort of fight scene between Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Like, the overture uh, to that with, fight scene. Uh, I'm with you. What I, what I don't want, what I absolutely don't want, is someone, like, scrolling through music on iTunes, and that pops up as, like, oh, I'll check out this new techno mix I found. Like, a cute little tongue-in-cheek, you know, wink-to-the-camera cameo. I don't want that. Right. You, you're going to use this song, you're going to use it right. First of all, this song isn't in there. I'm going to riot because you fucked up. That yep. song is synonymous with this franchise. You, it, it, It's a secret uh, unlockable music track in a bunch of the games. You got to use it. You got to use it somewhere. And if you're going to use it, <clears throat> I'm with you, Jay. Act three, when we're in our big end fight scenes, because I think we'll have multiple storylines sort of merging together. I think we'll end up with multiple final fights. I think we're going to see Cole fighting um, uh, Goro. And I think we're going to have one big last showdown between Scorpion and this version of Sub-Zero. And that's when you kick that shit in. Because as soon as you start, like you said, as soon as you start the opening bars of that song, that whole fucking audience is going to be up on its feet. Now, now stick with me here. Okay. Stick with me here. Okay. All All right. Okay. Okay. You play that song, and I like uh-huh. what your thought, like kind of like a kind of like a Star Wars type situation where you have like three big battles going on at the same time, right? And you have like three major, two or three major fights going on in Mortal Kombat, but you kind of uh-huh. slow it, you slow it down a little bit, slow the tempo just a hair. You know what I mean? And I don't want you to alter the song at all, dude. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. I I would love to hear an awesome orchestral version. And in, in again, in my, in my movie, that's your main theme that we play, and we kind of tease throughout the movies. We'll give you a few bars of it here and there. We'll uh-huh. tease out the orchestral version, but then Act Three, we give you that raw, uncut, pure Mortal Kombat techno theme. You know, we tease you. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end, bam, here it is. See, see, in my head, you just kind of like, and I mean, like, when I say slow it down, I don't mean like super slow, but maybe like a couple of beats where it's like the same techno song, but just a little more intense. You know what I mean? When you slow it down just a touch. Now, again, you're uncut. Raw no chaser, baby. <laughs> or not raw. Neat. Neat no chaser. Sorry. <clears throat> all right. All right. Here you go. You ready? Okay. Okay. Scorpion, Sub-Zero. Mm-hmm. They're meeting up. This is the final battle. Okay. Right? Okay. Final battle. Shit's real intense. Uh-huh. You can cut the tension with a knife. Right? Is it a frozen blood knife? It is a frozen blood knife. <laughs> and then what beat drops? Hey, now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go. <laughs> hey, now, you're an all-star. Get the show on. Get paid. 
And all that glitters is gone. I'm sorry. I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> you know, Jay, I hate to steal your line, but uh, did you see the size of that goddamn chicken? <laughs> all right. I think that's all we've got for today. <laughs> We're back the, to singing All Star again. I think we're tapped out. This ship has this ship has lodged itself in the Suez Canal. Oh, <laughs> that's a timely reference. So, <laughs> let us know how do you want to hear the original uh, Mortal Kombat techno theme incorporated into the new movie, or do you not want to see? Uh, and we'll tell you why you're wrong about that. Uh, but. I have a feeling we'll circle back around to this again. We are, I think it's safe to say, excited for the 2021 yeah. Mortal Kombat yeah. reboot. And this has been just a fun walk through memory lane of a, a franchise that uh, we might not be super fans of, but definitely holds a special place in our hearts as 90s kids. Um, fuck, I'm looking at my Genesis out right now. Go try to remember the moves for Sector. <laughs> Son of a... Is it back, 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 back? I can't remember gonna break so many controllers i better get on ebay right now and get some more genesis controllers on the way <sighs> but <laughs> till next time thank you for listening thank you for sticking out with us um tell us your favorite world of combat characters um what was your favorite game is it one of the newer ones because i haven't played all the newer ones i won't be uh, i won't lie to you uh which one should i play which one is scorpion the easiest to play <laughs> that's the one i'll go with <laughs> uh, Get Until over then, here. <laughs> I'm Obi John. He's the doc. This has been your weekly nerd alert. <laughs>